as I was saying, a lot of the big stuff that happened last session is you guys got to see your very first Crucible. You learned a little bit more about what people know about them and some of how they work and how it's influenced things. And thankful to some good roles and asking the right questions, Anima finally learned how Ashen Forged are made. And then proceeded to have an existential crisis after Farida nearly broke the door down because she, because Anima looked upset, which led to some conversations that almost made her DM cry, and did make me cry. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I promise, I wasn't trying to make y'all cry yet. <laughs> Important addition there, that yet. I know. I heard that and was immediately concerned. I cry like a bitch, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we ended off with basically just kind of everyone sitting outside talking and everyone trying to like sort of help Anima come to terms with how she's made and is there any of that conversation you guys would like to RP out or do we want to hand wave it or is there anything Anima wants to say at any point? Y'all want to RP a talk? I'm down to RP a talk, but I don't. I'm not gonna start it. <clears throat> like we we had talked about hand waving, but I'm like, if there's anything someone wants to add, I understood it as a happy fade out into the yeah. next day. <laughs> we, we that was that was a that was not quite a fade to black, at least not in that particular sense of that term. But it was definitely like a it was a closing. I think. Yeah. Okay, I just. Didn't know if there was anything anyone wanted to say in particular, but... So, as you are all talking, laying or sitting out in the grass in the backyard, Ishara, Tully, and Spectra keep just kind of hang out on the inside. They don't really come out and bother you. They look over at you every once in a while. At one point, Tully goes to collect the Belair, and you kind of see her walking with it in through the study door and then out through another door to what looks like a garage. So she was able to reinstall him and he's moving a lot smoother. You can, like, just briefly dancing, you can tell. And she takes it into the garage and when it's about time to start getting ready to go to the circus, Kishara is going to just kind of poke her head out the door say, Are you all good out here because we should probably get going if we want to be able to grab food before the circus. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Let's go. Anima, how have you, like, I imagine like you've had some time to sort of like calm down and collect yourself so you no longer look like you're in a complete and total existential crisis? Anima is okay. She's fine. Still some things to process, but she's over what had her so upset. She's worked through it for now. It's to the back. Having them outside and and still willing to talk to her has uh, alleviated that worry for now. Yeah. Or at least taken its immediacy away. I'm not gonna lie, that broke my heart a little bit. I was not expecting that. But she looks over at you and just kind of, like, kind of gives a little nod when she sees that you look like you're doing better and well, take time to sort of gather yourself up just all the, get all the grass off of yourself because you've been sitting in the grass for a long time now 
and it doesn't take that long to just sort of get everything together. Everyone sort of loads up in a car. Holly explains that she's been working on helping the Blair with some sort of updates and maintenance to his suit because he hadn't really been able to communicate about it. So she helped him get some of that started, but he's just going to keep working on it in the garage while you all go to the circus. And see so you all pile up in the car. Elvisar is going to meet you there. You're going to stop at a little restaurant that's sort of near where the circus meets. And they've reserved a private dining area. So there's not a bunch of people staring at you. So, Farida, if you, like, if you want to turn your face off, you can. But you don't have to. Also, I feel like you probably won't. So, yeah, I probably won't. I'm a little bit on the paranoid side being new to this and if i want to be focused on something i'm actually i'm actually going to be making an extra effort to not forget since we're going to be distracted by a show that's 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 the level of her paranoia (laughs) (laughs) yeah you should have something happen to those earrings i've been planning that (laughs) i also have all sorts of backups so if you want to blow the earrings up as long as they're not on her head it's fine said I'd blow them up. But now you might. Nah, I've got something much more fun in mind. Writes down level yeah. four on the sheet. <laughs> so when they take you to dinner, it's a sit-down restaurant, but it's not a super fancy sit-down restaurant, so it's like the food's gonna be fixed pretty quick. It's decent food, but it's also not going to take you a long time to eat so you can catch a shuttle over to where the circus is on time. And... I don't know if we want to have any conversations at dinner or just sort of like have idle chit chat about sort of what everyone's been doing. Dinner will talk about the crucibles and stuff like that, but everyone sort of like helps recommend you meals that are something that they you would like because it's like something that it's what you probably would have had with your parents for Ferda and Violina, but maybe not in kind of like a parody because like you guys haven't really been able to eat like the true traditional stuff just as close as you could get so you guys get to experience a big step closer to an authentic traditional version of your people's foods and anima you just have something that you decide sounds tasty (laughs) Thanks for that description. <laughs> I will dig in with reckless abandon. Well, to be fair, Emma doesn't really have parents from what she can remember. <laughs> I'm going to hazard a guess that not many Ashen Forges in general. No, but their donors did. Actually, I think you're you end up going with something that leads more towards the Promethean side of things. Just because, like, as you're looking, there's just like a thing you can't quite put your finger on it but you're like that that sounds good and when you eat it it tastes good it's like you knew you would like it but you swear you've never had it before oh i would say i probably haven't yeah but you still knew you would like it before you ordered it like a weird sense of deja vu interesting all right as Anima did eat food in the five years before she just 
appeared in the in the Federation. I just lost my pen. <laughs> oh no. You need a minute to go catch it. <laughs> well, it's not running. It's just <laughs> gone. I got it. Yay! But I also messed up my precise dice placement in the process. It's fine. I'm a mess. I, it's all good. Let's be real. We're all disasters. There's different kinds of disasters. That's what makes us friends. <laughs> okay. That will sort itself out. <laughs> Anyone want to sort of talk about anything in particular over dinner? I would like to know more about the circus. When you ask about it, Ilvasar just kind of shrugs. He's all into all kinds of entertainment stuff, but he's not really been following his particular circus for a while. Tali does know some about them. Like, she's seen them before. She's like, oh yeah, no, these guys are great. I mean, some of them have been part of different troops that travel all over, but from what I can tell, because... I might have been kind of sort of watching some of their vids while I was still undercover in the Federation. I was bored. And I was pretty sure it was untraceable. I was really bored. She looks rather sheepish and Spectre just kind of like gives her a glare. But it's not really like an angry glare. It's just like a really with a tinge of I'm actually not super surprised by this. <laughs> gonna say. Spectra, do remember that there was one time where you were getting your communicators mixed up. She didn't say anything. <laughs> she just gave, gave Tully a look like, okay. that was what you were doing. Like, but yeah, they're pretty great. They've been like, growing pretty quickly and they bring a lot of historical legends and like actual historical events to life and the vids are pretty great, but I've been dying to see it in person. They're about to start a tour, aren't they? And Kishara nods. Yeah, they're they're going off planet a couple of months for the first time. This is one of their last shows before they start packing up to go on their tour, so... But it just so happens I'm we've got some connections in the people who were arranging this particular event. So cool. It helps knowing a lot of people. Tally, would you say that this, that the circus is more of a historical reenactment than um, involving acrobatics or things like that? What I've seen, they do a little bit of both. They bring a lot of showmanship, but they kind of stick to the broader strokes of different important events. As well as some things that people have kind of theorized happened but didn't actually happen. It's kind of... It's pretty amazing because it's a collaboration between a variety of different people. And I think she starts to pull out her tablet and Inspector just kind of reads over like, gently just like smacks her hands like, what we say about tablets at the table? Only on the ship. Put her tablet back. This show, if I remember incorrectly, actually kind of ties into one of the first sort of collaborations between the peoples that eventually formed the Alliance. I don't know. It's kind of cool. Also, they've got some 
really talented espers and some cybermancers and some other people. Amazing. You guys have yet to see what like an actual show in the Alliance looks like. You're gonna be blown away. Or do. Hey, you might get some ideas for some of your shows whenever you decide to start showing things. Well, we need to find out if I can show my face again, or if we're still dead. Yeah, they still haven't released anything about that anywhere, but I just, I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm keeping an eye on it. I mean, it. if we show our faces over here, it shouldn't be a problem, because there's not much communication. Right? Well, I would assume that the actual Federation is keeping track of stuff that's over on this side. That there are people that have some kind of contact. Hmm. Yeah, we saw some signs of that, but I wasn't able to nail anything down. It was really frustrating. I, I, I don't know if they even know what they're listening to or what they're looking at, but there's some stuff. Still, if they're dangerous enough to plant a bomb in our ship and try to blow us up... I uh, don't want to find out how adept they are at finding us outside of the Federation. That's true. That's a point. That's unsettling. I don't like thinking about this. Can we please change the topic? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Anima, this is so good. You should try it. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about over there? I'm okay. I'm just going to keep on stuffing my face and listening. I'm doing a lot of listening and not very much talking. And finally, as you're eating it, it's both one of the best meals you've ever had. It also, like, very much kind of reminds you of home. We talked during a delicious meal. It's too delicious. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Also, I feel like Tali finishes her food first because I don't know if she actually chews or remembers to breathe while she's eating. Does anyone know the Heimlich besides the healer who is cho- who may be choking? Spectre <laughs> just kind of looks at us like, that's sorry, she's always like this. I have proficiency in survival. <laughs> Does that count? Survival's like not getting lost. I feel like medicine, medicine or xenobiology is what you're looking that's for. That's a zero, guys. Not me. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, I have it in I- medicine. I have a plus two in medicine, not proficient, I, but... I've got my plus four and proficiency. Okay. For some reason. Okay, so we'll talk to Farrah. Yeah. <laughs> so Farrah just randomly knows how to do the Heimlich. Yes. <laughs> Conveniently, it's a iteration on a suplex. <laughs> I imagine Farrah's kind of had to learn how to treat various different burns and injuries and stuff from just, like, with the yeah. technology she works with. Even though none of it works like it's supposed to, all of her special effects stuff is still really heavy. It hurts a lot when you drop it on your foot. Very true. And at some point, it did work. So I had to find a way to break it believably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because... This hasn't actually made it under recording, but espers are incredibly uncommon in the Federation. Like, only, like, occasionally they'll show up in second generation new to the Federation or return to the Federation. But, Verda, you and I talked about your parents kind of 
helped you, taught you to hide it. Because you didn't want to draw attention to yourself. Yeah, that's my way of handling that. Well, I still want to do my special effects with my powers, but I still need to hire people to act like they're doing the, they're operating machines. So, in that sense, I learned how the machines worked and figured out how to make it look like they're working, but not do anything. So, I paid people to act like they're working without their own knowledge. It was a pain in the butt. Maybe actually the dinner conversation kind of turns into vague conversations about your performance stuff without stating specifics. So, like, anyone listening is probably like, oh, just someone that does art kind of stuff. Yeah. It's sort of like, so you're kind of sharing some of your stuff. Because yeah, and I talk about, knows. like, uh, coffee shop performances. Nothing, nothing big. I don't, I think the biggest crowd I ever had was 50 people in a, in a tiny 20-person bar. Mostly they were there for the hockey game that was on the uh, TV over the bar, but, uh, you know, it counts. Yeah. It's a crowd. Aside from the one time you did a brief tour with the official federation, and everyone just was kind of bored. That was weird and demeaning, but it's, you know, you work around it. <laughs> yeah. This is how thought. You get the feeling you were probably hired so they could be like, look, we're divers. Yeah, that's what I meant by demeaning. Between that and the costume they had me wear, oh, that, no. that's where I picked up my talent for burning clothes. <laughs> Do you want to elaborate on that? Well, after yes. a certain point of burning enough costumes and them firing enough tech assistants, they realized that it wasn't in their budget to keep on buying me new stuff. So they said, just pick something and protect it. And I said, I can do that. And then I got to wear pretty much this. Okay. So is that how you got that? I was yeah. wondering, that didn't seem standard. Yeah. Yeah, it, well, it wasn't standard, but it certainly wasn't their first pick. It was much more problematic and airy. It would have stabbed someone before I wore that. They may or may not have broken someone's nose when they first gave it to me? I don't know. There wasn't very much control going on at that moment. Looks of approval all around the table, especially from the women, because, like, they know what it's like. Anima is not approving, but she is not surprised. Because Anima has not experienced that, thankfully. No, Anima wore a lot of uniforms. Yeah, I would have been fine with just a regular old uniform, but... Damn them and their stupid lizard brains. <laughs> Too bad Ty's not at the table. <laughs> just, <laughs> I would have just been so offended by it. Can we retcon Ty to be here? Can we retcon Ty's here? <laughs> Actually, yeah. You know what? Ty is done with his business because I couldn't think of why he was gone for so long. So, like, he ends up joining y'all at the table and he just, there's a brief moment. Like, he's a very stoic person. He just looks up at you and just looks so offended when you say the compliment. Sorry, I'm not used to having other people at the table that that could offend. Um, my apologies. Is there an, uh, well, I wouldn't say equivalent insult. Um, is there an insult for that here that is more, uh, correct? As you start saying that, Ty, just like, 
He starts smirking. It's like, you're all good. I've heard worse. I'm sorry that you have. That won't stand around me from now on. But do you have any recommendations? Ellie responds to Ty. I was just kidding. <laughs> yes, it is a saying. He just all. smiles. <laughs> he just kind of smiles and goes back to his food. <laughs> you could just say it straight up that they're all a bunch of idiots. That, it's a kind of art. That. They were idiots. I, I'm like looking around the table, you know. They were idiots. But, you know. Oh, they're not competent idiots, though. That's concerning. Idiots with power are always dangerous. That strikes real true, Victor. Yep. <laughs> I feel that in my soul right now. You are welcome. <laughs> Let's just say that the that Farida's speeches are very well practiced. <laughs> so dinner finishes up and they catch a shuttle and driving over and Tali's just kind of rambling on a little bit about sort of like what she knows about the backgrounds of all of the people and just sort of things she's seen them in and like, oh, have you ever seen this? Wait, no, you wouldn't have. That doesn't exist. You're right. Well, it's really cool. <laughs> she keeps going. It's like, it's a 15 minute drive and she doesn't really stop. It was one of her forms of entertainment. And she's just really, really excited that she gets to see them in person. Yeah, she's she's fangirling a little bit, kind of like when she first realized who you are, Farida. That's why I'm paying so much attention, actually, because I I want to learn. I don't know where I really stand in this market I, yet. I know that there's popularity around the, the stuff I've made, but I don't know what I need to be doing to be competitive. Well, first you need to figure out how to not be dead. <laughs> uh, yes, death is a terrible nuisance. <laughs> Just the most annoying thing. And then you need to figure out who exactly got their music here. Which still, there, there hasn't been much new with that. By whatever you check. There's, there's still not really anything new. There's been a couple more people reacting to things, but like nothing really noteworthy. It's not still it's still not spreading a whole lot. It's a quiet, quiet release. So when you arrive, Char takes a lead and she finds an usher, shows them the tickets, and the usher sort of leads y'all to your seats and it's stadium seating. It's in an event center. It's okay. It's still years and years, like generations ahead technology-wise from what you guys are used to. So imagining it's a bit kind of like kid in a candy shop, like, whoa. Just looking at all the different screens, advertising different things. There's different shops. There's like all kinds of people. And you're, you're still getting used to the fact that there aren't really any humans in this area. I get out my little tablet thingamajig and I start writing down equipment names and taking notes. I need to get up to date. Every once in a while when Tali sees you writing certain ones down, she's like, yeah, they're not worth it. They, they're they flashy, but they're not reliable. Keeps on writing. <laughs> Even information on things being bad is good information. I also write down not reliable next to the note. Yeah, there's different vendors selling like little knickknack stuff. They're selling like more official stuff. Some 
like handmade things, but it all seems to be centered around the circus, which the name of the circus is Cirque du Liri. Cirque du Liri. Nice. Is there any uh, merchandise that is branded? Like a shirt that says Cirque du Liri? There's all kinds of branded merchandise, including like odd little devices of some sorts that you're not entirely sure what they are. Hey, Tally, what's this? <laughs> oh, that's the Hold Your Face car key. Keeps walking like you know what that is, because it does not look like what they use Pull in the back. Federation. Okay, could you try that again, but in, like, languages that I speak? <laughs> you have a couple options. <laughs> so she takes some time to sort of, as suddenly as she can, explain what different things are. Oh, if you put it on the bottle where you can use it to like sort of refill with water at places like that and she points to this nondescript divot in the wall and as she does that you see someone walk up like stick a bottle in it pull it out and the bottle is full of water and it was in there for like maybe five seconds i'll take one of those in a shirt to i say to the shop owner okay so that's x amount of money because your dm still has not figured out the money stuff yet but Small purchases is fine. Like 30 bucks? Sure, why not? We're at the circus. Yeah. Bye, Anima. Do y'all want to, like, buy anything or look at anything before we go in to find our seats? Vi's going to look at more than handmade items. There are a couple of booths with people, and, like, when you talk to them, they have sort of been connected to the Cirque du Lirie since they formed from people who have and some of them have been following certain members since they were part of, like, other troops and so on and so forth. But it's kind of like groupies, except for they've created a sort of, like, business agreement or they're just, good, like, old friends or, like, relatives of members of either the performers or, like, sort of the people that work behind the scenes and, like, some of them... There's one woman who has a lot of stuff that's handwoven from materials from the homeworlds of the three people. And they're like all these, it's a lot of symbology. You've seen it briefly in your research into sort of the jewelry design, but you still don't fully understand a lot of it because there's just like a lot of background and culture you're still learning. But she explains that her husband is is one of the Cybermancers. He's a tech guy. Okay. Really cool. There's people selling stuff like that. People selling, like, various different portraits in different mediums of the different members and different and stuff that they've been in and, and a couple other things like that. Kind of hand-woven things or... Have got a lot of bracelets, a lot of necklaces, lots of like little baskets, as well as some things that they they look kind of odd. But when you ask about it, the person explains what they're used for for like storing different things. It's symbolic. And as you're like looking and asking around, um, Tali comes up and like gently, like sort of, she comes up like from beside you instead of like. She's trying. She's very much not trying to sneak up behind you. She just like walks up beside you, digitally tucks in her sleeve. Hey, we should probably go in and get our seats. There'll be an intermission if you guys want to come check out the rest of the shop later. 
Don't want to miss the opening act, though. Okay. is already wearing the shirt. <laughs> and Anima, is there anything you wanted to look at any, in particular? No. Just gonna kind of keep an eye on everyone and just take in all of the people? Yep. A lot of people. There's also a couple Ashenforged walking around. Some of them are smaller. Sometimes you notice that they're sort of sticking to a certain person, almost like they're a bodyguard, but everyone's being really nice to them, and those that are working as bodyguards, you see them, like, occasionally, like, they'll buy something, or the person they're with will buy a little something for them, and stuff like that, and it's real weird for you. A little mind-boggling. Yep. Have this water bottle thing. What? It's a gift. Uh, it seemed practical. I thought you might appreciate practicality. Aww. <laughs> oh, okay. Guess. Is this Adamo's first gift? Maybe. Is yeah. a funny water bottle adapter? Oh no. Can <laughs> it be her second? Because Farida gave her those books. Oh, that's well. That's scavenge. I don't know if that counts necessarily as a scavenge those. Alright, yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, unless there was a master has given Dobby a sock situation going on somewhere in the Federation, you know? Oh I my. mean, you've probably had, like, cast off stuff just kind of chucked at you. You've been told to get rid of it. Whether you kept it or not, it's totally up to you, but... That would be a big hard no. I didn't have a room. I had a bunk. Pretty much, like, unless it was a blanket or something, you probably didn't keep it. No, we got inspected. Didn't keep anything. So now you have a gift and you get to keep it. Also, I just realized Tully hasn't actually told y'all how you could, like, the different ways y'all can personalize your rooms. <laughs> there are some details of the ships they haven't gone into, because you're like, that this is like taking someone from the 90s and putting him in the 2030s technology wise it's just like leaps and bounds We're like okay just give them time to adjust to what there is so far and then oh by the way you can do this look we'll get to that whenever y'all get back onto the ship and so anyway you just kind of look around you have your new gift and specter kind of notices that Farida just kind of like gives you a, like she has a has a happy smile on her face and before she came to go get, come get you Violina um, Tali was kind of dragging Ty around to a bunch of different stuff <laughs> or trying to as much as you can because he, he goes along with it but he's also not very fast and like her personality matches how bright pink she is Oh yeah, when it's kind of getting close to start time, everyone kind of gathers together and the other sure shows you where your seats are. And you have some time to settle into your seats. There's a little place where you can order something to drink. It's different refreshments. I don't think they really serve alcohol like in the stand. No, they probably do. Okay, so you can like order drinks and, ha- and program to have them like bring you snacks at some point and... As you're settling in, everyone roll perception. Oh, I'm not oh, playing no. very well. My perception is not that high. It is 18. 
the dice have just... Uh, can we go with my passive perception? Instead of the eight? Yeah, I will go with your passive. Thank you. Uh, 16. If I have proficiency in perception, do I add my modifier and... Proficiency bonus? Yeah. Yes. Oh. I've not been doing that. Well, that's still a 10, but... And if you're proficient in it. Oh, I just realized my perception would be plus zero, so it's just the modifier. So the modifier is already there. Okay. Yeah. The spreadsheet should have done all that math for you. Oh, yeah, it does. So my perception roll was a four. Anima does not notice this, but... My passive is a 12, though, so I don't know if that changes things. You all catch that you see at some point as everyone's sitting down, Tali kind of elbows Spectra a little bit and points, but you weren't able to kind of follow where exactly she's pointing at. It's, it's kind of like she noticed someone in the crowd. But Ferda and Violina, you do kind of notice that Spectra follows where Tali is pointing. She makes eye contact with this woman who... She's got, like, fine white clothing on. She's got dark skin, and... Ears are oddly pointed, and she's also got silver hair. Kind of get the feeling she's Promethean. And she's um, one of the ones where they have the genetic adaptation. That's probably why her ears are looking a little pointy. She's not an elf. (laughs) Can I roll an insight to see Spectra's reaction? seeing this person? Yeah, you you are all welcome to roll an insight. It's just anima. You weren't able to quite pin down who they were, who she was pointing at. Thirteen. Okay. Seven. Fair. But I rolled a three. <laughs> Her reaction seems mostly neutral, but she like you tell like she does know who's Tali's pointing to. Violina. There's, like, a moment of kind of surprise, and then there's, like, a smile crosses her face, and, like, you can tell, like, it's someone she knows. Someone totally knows knows as well. Okay, but it's not, like, a negative reaction. It's just sort of a, oh, hey, this person's here. Okay. It's it's not as much of a, hey, go for that person. It's like, oh, hey, look who it is. Okay. Yeah, Anima, you're... You probably see the woman, you just can't tell if she's the one that was being pointed at, or the dude next to her that's wearing a very, very, very obnoxiously bright blue suit. (laughs) And it's not even, like, a darker blue, it's, like, almost neon blue suit. Finally, in fair day, you notice that... Spectra and this mystery woman, they make eye contact. It's just like a sort of a friendly nod. And Spectra briefly sort of like pulls out her communicator and sends a brief message. The other woman looks at it and just kind of gives a nod and, and sit, settles down into her seat as Spectra and everyone else settles into their seats. Nice. Okay. So it's somebody who is relatively friendly to this group. Yeah. In some in some capacity. It's a friend. It's a friend. Or at least someone that they've worked with before. Someone we're on good terms with. Yeah. Okay. 
good tickle in my throat, so I'm trying to not like be hacking my brains out all night. <laughs> As you're settling into your seats and Kishara casually just points out to you how to order a drink if you want one and kind of like with the sort of water bottle fill up things, it's like you it's a limited amount of drinks you can get on the menu. When you type it in, it just kind of fills in the drink. Since it's an event center, it's got a little bit more luxury. Also, don't ask me to explain how that works. It just does. The space magic. Explain the space magic, though. No. Oh, okay. I say it works because it sounds cool, and I'm making it uh-huh. up as I go. Hey, I believe the rule of cool powers a lot of things. <laughs> Someone got real bored and really creative and found a way to sort of teleport liquid from one place into another place without getting any sort of contaminant in it or something. So as you are settling down, the lights around are starting to dim. There's like lights along the flooring, so if you need to like get up and go somewhere, you can see where you're walking. And the chairs are really comfortable. And you can recline it, you can make it give you a little back massage, you can adjust the temperature, it's it's very nice. Like full slump in chair. You're basically laid back as far as you can go. Oh, it's like a, like a full-on recliner recliner seat? Oh, okay, no, I didn't mean that. Just, just uh, sitting low in the chair. No. No one's really going to be able to see you. That's okay. This is science magic land. I'm paranoid. And also, I would like to look around and perceive if anybody is not looking at the stage. Well, I mean, since the show hasn't really started, there's still some people kind of chatting with their friends, but they're starting to shift their attention to the center of the arena because someone has walked out into the arena, and I'm realizing I probably could have actually named these people, but I did not. Probably be doing my look around when someone walks in. So, like, I see somebody walk into the stage and everybody turns their head towards the arena. I will actually look away from the arena once I've taken note of what the people on the arena on the arena floor look like, and then I'll look around the crowd to see if there are any faces that are not looking at them. At the beginning, it's mostly the arena floor is, seems mostly empty until you see a solitary figure wearing a suit with a nice hat and a cane walks in. I'm doing all kinds of weird hand gestures because I'm incapable of talking without talking with my hands. He walks out into the middle and stands there for a second and just kind of waits. And then see this color starting to erupt around him in different swirls and it's like you can hear this like sort of whooshing and murmuring noise. And you start hearing his voice as he announces, Okay, time to wing it. Welcome to the Cirque du Lyre, the place where even the wildest of dreams come true. Today we are going to take you back in time. To time back before when most of our grandparents were alive. Back before even our alliance was alive. There's once a time, as he says this, you start noticing that there are other things and other people going on in the center of the arena. And Farida, as you look around, as he starts talking, all the eyes just shift and focus on to him. There might be some people still kind of 
chatting with their friends or like it's like they're trying to find someone in the crowd but would you like to roll a perception or an insight check on the crowd oh that's even worse uh that's gonna be a four i mean if it's an insight it's a six <laughs> no one's paying attention to you nothing of note everyone is focused on the performance and I think there might still be a couple people chatting but it's like there, there's no one that's not looking at the performance there's always those like three assholes that are still talking when things are starting and as the other sort of actors start appearing and drawing attention to themselves in the different parts of the stage here Someone just smacks the three assholes with the newspaper. <laughs> God, I wish that were me at every performance I've ever done. But you guys kind of find it hard to look away yourselves because, like, you've never seen this level of a display of Esper power. And it, it doesn't even really compare to the light shows that any sort of small or big time form of entertainment the Federation would be able to produce. It's like, there are some spotlights, but a lot of, like, the moving light colored is controlled by a person who is kind of on the ground, blended in between set pieces that you... uh, You probably did see some signs of them being brought on, but for the most part, it's it didn't attract a lot of attention that they were being brought on because you were sort of drawn in by the circus master. There's another name for that. Ringmaster. Yes, thank you. <laughs> you were drawn in by the ringmaster. And... So, somebody who does this a lot. I was wondering if I can roll my own performance against theirs to try to understand what they're doing so that I'm not completely flat-footed and I can be like oh yeah I get I get how that works I think that'd be more intelligence I mean I can do that too yeah because when you said roll minor performance I'm like fair to is this really how you're gonna reveal yourself to start well she's just learning she's I mean how, how does that actually reveal is just watching and figuring out how it works it sounded like you were trying to one up them for a second. No, no, I meant I was trying to. No, I, I never said anything about doing any physical action. She's still sitting there watching there. She's not moving or speaking. I, she wants to figure out how it works. Performance just kind of tends to denote action, so roll me an intelligence. But I'll give you advantage just because, even though this isn't common, like you've done some similar things. That's going to be a 19. So you're not used to working with big productions, but at least for the light stuff, you can definitely see and sort of follow the logic of how they're doing and like where they've sort of placed the people using Esper Power. It's on a bigger scale. Yeah. As you're watching, like you can pick out the mechanics of how they've set things up how they sort of draw your attention over here to focus on this character while they start setting up stuff for the reveal of this character over here. Yeah. So, Farida is definitely enjoying the show then. She's finding new things. It's kind of like a puzzle to her. 
She's putting it together, trying to keep up with the speed of the performance. And uh, seems to be enjoying herself. All the people who are sort of moving the set pieces around or controlling different things or casting the lights, they are positioned in ways where they sort of blend into the background. Like, if you really look, you can see them and you with your experience, you can kind of figure out where they'll probably be. They don't draw a lot of attention to themselves. And the performers, because the story mostly focuses around three main people and the master's kind of weaving the tail as your attention is drawn from one to the other to the other and it's it's kind of like a story you would tell to your kids about how the alliance formed the three main characters there's an eldori a dendis and a cash and they're all so incredibly incredibly graceful as they move across their different set pieces you've never seen the homeworlds for any either of them well um you've seen like pictures of them in some of your research but you can just look at it and know yeah that's their home oh i don't know if the cash hat home world it's the one that they most didn't have it they're rich i don't know if they have an original home world but it's like sort of their current home and there are other people who sort of are moving about them to represent the whole of their people He's telling the story of how they were sort of the first of their people, like, like liaisons. They were the first attempt at having the three races collaborate. And it was still early relations. There were some contentions because they're trying to understand things that are vastly different. You can see from both the the costume design, the way they move, the way they sort of like interact with each other. You can kind of see and get hints as to what differences are causing these tensions. And they're trying to work together to achieve space travel beyond the system that they're in. But there's some big unknown thing hiding in the darkness of space. And, like, they don't know how to deal with it. It's like they're bickering back and forth and can't seem to agree on whose way is the best way to conquer this problem and there's some fights break out feelings get hurt people get hurt and it just keeps going and you're it, you can't tear your eyes away from this story and you've definitely not seen anything like this uh, even remotely like this but also Filene and Farida this is a whole new level for you too and Springmaster describes how this being heard the warring and the contention and just sort of the underlying fear, but also a desire to sort of grow and ultimately find a way to work together. Just didn't know how, so there's this being that seemed to notice that, a being of light, and it came down from the stars and... Before you know, it's been a solid hour just listening and watching this tale in intermission time. Aboard the Opal Star is an Esper Genesis 5e actual play podcast DM'd and produced by Brianna Toiber as part of Pseudonym Social, a creative podcast network. I'm Casey, and I'm playing Anima the Ashenforged. Victor, I'm playing Farida the Prometheus. My name's Alexis, and I am playing Vilina Sorel, the Eldori.
Music is by Patrick Chester of Chester Studios. To see more of his work, visit his website at chesterstudios.net. Find out more about Pseudonym Social by visiting our website at pseudonymsocial.wordpress.com. If you like what we're doing and would like to support us, please consider leaving a review or donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial. Welcome, travelers. Seems like you're looking for a story. Well, I got one for you. It involves adventure, friendship, and all hey, sorts hey, of... Hey, uh, Earl, why don't you tell him about that time I stole that big-ass melon? Yeah, yeah, I, I was going for more... Or you could tell him about the time I kicked her ass, Earl. I wouldn't ever tell him Do I need to get time. my ref gear on? Okay, everyone, shut up. Now come with me as I tell you a story from afar. Hey everybody, my name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A From Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance, but brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks.